0: The, thank you, Pastor. I thank you, Caleb, for song leading. Um, I was going to say, it seems like the, uh, the facial hair is taking over the church. And um, the problem the problem that Caleb's got is it's, it's new facial hair. And, and that's where the problem's coming. I've got the old facial hair. And that means anything can happen tonight. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look in the book of Romans tonight, Romans 15. am just going to read one verse tonight. I don't have a big long Bible reading. We will look at some verses, but I want to just read one verse for you tonight as we get started. Romans 15 verse 13. The Bible says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray and then we'll get straight into it. And Lord willing, we'll be out in good time tonight. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for your word tonight. I pray that you'd please help me as we go through uh, some thoughts um, about hope, and I pray that you might bless. I just ask that you would use me to be an encouragement and to a help for the, uh, for the people that are here tonight and also, Lord, for those um, who, are, who, are, who are watching at home as well. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I was saddened um, recently when I saw in the news that AFL legend Shane Tuck had passed away at age 38. Um, I'm not a, a huge AFL fan or watcher, but obviously when uh, w- when people turn up in the news that they died, your mind starts to I wonder what happened? And um, I tried to have a bit of a look to find out what had happened to him and, and there wasn't a lot said, um, but there was a few people who had mentioned that he was struggling with some some thoughts, and he may have committed suicide. It's sad to think that that one can be driven that far, uh, and, and possibly driven because there is no hope. Laurel shared with me fairly recently as well that she was um, she was watching a clip of a man who um, had had went through something, had a young son um, who had uh, had an Xbox or or, um, or a PlayStation game and. He used to play it quite a lot and was an avid fan of these games. and And one day in in uh, temper, he threw the rem- he threw the on re- uh, um, the remote control at at the big monitor that he had, breaking it. Feeling very devastated, he went and talked to his dad about it. And his dad uh, wanted to encourage him and try to teach him, um, I guess, how to be responsible. And in doing that, <clears throat> he encouraged his son to work and to do uh, jobs around the home, and he would get paid for that, so he could save up for his own monitor and pay for it for, uh, for himself. And that way um, he would obviously look after it. After several, after several months of doing that, he had saved enough money to buy his own monitor. And he went to the store and bought this nice big monitor for his game and was so pleased and was so proud. And uh, he sat down uh, one day to play again and was gaming away and, and uh, he got angry again and he threw his remote at the monitor and broke it and uh, was obviously very devastated because of he was thinking about what his dad might say after breaking it. Um, during that day, Dad was out in the garden, and uh, his little brother had come in to see him and to see what he was doing and had noticed something was different, and the little brother ran out into the garden and said, Dad, uh, little Johnny, whatever his name was, uh, is bleeding from the nose, and he's swinging. And Dad was a bit confused and and ran into the house and found his son in, in his wardrobe. He, he had hung himself. This little boy was only 11 years old. And it seems like people, for whatever reason, all sorts of reasons, end up with no hope. And our world is slowly slipping away from hope. COVID these last few months have depleted hope for many people. Um, it's world figures, I've been trying to watch the world figures and, and keep it a little bit up to date with it and I, and I had a look today and according to the figures today there have been um, at least 23.1 million people that have had COVID or, or have it and there's been over 803,000 deaths associated with COVID that to, that to me tells me that there is a lot of uh, hope seem, it seems to be limited uh, people are, are losing hope the rise in unemployment is at the highest that it's ever been in my lifetime. I've been a lot of people unemployed in the past, but at the moment, lots of people are not working. And for a lot of people, very disheartened. Um, when COVID first happened and, and, and there were restrictions placed, even here in Australia, we saw on the TV or on the news, the lines to the unemployment um, where people would, were, were trying to make ends meet. And obviously they were devastated when they couldn't go to work. There was a lot of hope being lost. The twisting of truths today and beliefs, and I don't mean to be controversial tonight, but the twisting of beliefs with, uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement, I think probably started with, with good intentions and possibly wanting to see the right things happen. But today that movement, has, I think, has changed in, in, in what it was into what it is now and really doesn't bring a lot of hope to a lot of people in this world. The forced norm that beliefs contrary to God are normal and accepted continue to extinguish hope. In our world, in our schools, in our governments, the laws uh, are just are accepted as normal and they're contrary to God. The push that, that plants and animals are to be held higher than the lives of men confuse the light of hope in man. And the fact that Kanye West running for president has virtually plunged the world into darkness. But, on the other hand, the cog falling into place as a young child understands the concept of God, hope starts to flicker. I think about doing chaplain work here in the school and teaching devotions and, 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 and just bringing the gospel and the thoughts of God down to it where children can understand it. And you can just see sometimes when something drops in their mind and, and it makes sense in their mind. Brings a little bit of light. It flickers. The mother who won't quit praying for her children, who, who no longer walk with God, gives a glimmer of hope. The factory worker who still leaves a tract on the lunchroom table, even among the hecklers of others, even among the heckles of others, gives that little bit of hope. The student who openly reads his Bible at uni lights a spark. And there have been many people who from that have gone on and done so much in the universities and the other students. The man who says no to the flirtatious advancements of a persistent coworker worker uh, brightens and brings back light into our future. The dad who says his family will attend church when no one else will. The man who says, uh, even though things might be struggle at the moment or things may not be what I think it is, I'm still going to be in church. I'm not going to keep away from church. That brings hope. The sinner who repents and receives Christ shines hope brightly into the darkness. And the young man who says, here am I, send me, hope shines brightly. So there is a lot of loss of hope in this world, but there is a lot of hope that can be found shining brightly amongst the darkness. I want you to know that there is hope for you today. In the book of Romans verse 8 and verse 24, I just want to read you a verse there, and, and, and there's a simple thought there. The Bible says in Romans 8:24 it says, "For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But that first part, we are saved by hope. There is hope for you today, person who is watching tonight. There is hope for you. We are saved by hope. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world and his death on the cross gives us the hope this world is yearning for. You know, man is, is yearning and looking for hope. And we have it. We can give it. And Jesus wants you to have that hope. Hope is not found in improving our carbon footprint, as some might say, or bringing all peoples to live peace, peacefully as the world sees hope, but it's in the life-changing from darkness to light. In April 15, 1985, a young man, 16 years of age, was going through the turmoil of teenagerdom, struggling, wanting to be accepted, trying to find something that might give his life hope. Somebody shared with him the gospel of hope and a light was switched on in this young man's mind and in his heart. And the young man received Christ into his life And and hope was born in in his heart. And that young teenager was me. At salvation, hope is lit up in every believer. And as the world quickly advances into darkness, there's no time now more evident that the hope that lies within us must shine through. It has to. In our verse in Romans, verse 15, verse 13, it gives us a, a, a unique description of a Christian. Have a look what it says. It says, now the God of... Uh, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that she may abound in hope. Those, th- 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 there are some simple thoughts there, being filled with joy and peace in believing. And we can abound in hope. Does this sound like the average Christian to you? Someone that, who is joyful, someone that is believing, someone that is abounding in, in hope. For a lot of Christians and a lot of churches around the world, there are people who are filled with fear, with turmoil, with restlessness and discouragement. Even in our own church, we can have lives that are filled with everything other than what God wants us to have. I want you to be filled with a life with joy and peace in believing so that you may abound into more hope. That's what our world is looking for and is yearning for. And I believe every Christian wants as well. I want to share with you this evening some ways, I think, that we can restore our hope within the Christian life. I'm going to give you four simple things. Um, that, that, that was my way of introduction. But there, there are four simple things that we, can, uh, that we can do that can help us restore some hope and abound in hope, gain some hope, live in some hope. The first thing is I believe we can live life in the power of the Holy Ghost. Live life in the power of the Holy Ghost. Notice in the verse that that we started with Romans 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through, notice what it says, the power of the Holy Ghost. We need to live lives in the power of the Holy Ghost. And there are some things that we can can do to live in the power of the Holy Ghost. The first thing that we can do to live in the power of the Holy Ghost is we can get before God. The only way we can really allow God to um, to give us power through our lives is to get before God. Let's have a look in some verses in the book of James. We'll spend a couple of minutes here just looking at this. James chapter 4. There's some verses in here that are mandatory for the Christian. If you want to have some hope, you need to learn and need to look at this. James chapter 4, we're going to read verse 8. The Bible says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. That first part of that, that verse, draw nigh to God. If you want God's power in your life, you have to draw nigh to Him. You have to learn to get before God. When was the last time you took some real time in your life to get before God? Not get before the TV, not get before your favourite football team, not get before your favourite band, but get before God. When was the last time you, you stopped and you took some time and you opened the Word of God and you started to read and you purposely asked God to show you something? When was the last time? God is, is the one that gives us the power. It isn't in our own strength. It isn't in our own mind. It isn't in our own thinking or our own philosophies. It's within God and His Word. That's how we get to God's power, getting before God. There are so many things today that can sidetrack us. There are so many things today that can cause us to go down some rabbit holes, things to seek after, things of, of pleasure, things... That we want to satisfy ourselves with, but we need to get before God. The Bible tells us: is if we if we get before God, if we draw nigh to God, He has promised that He will draw nigh to you. If you do get before God, God's promised that He will give you what you need. He will give you the things that you are really seeking after. If we get before God, we want to know more about God. God will teach you more about Him in you, in His Word. If you want to get to know more about the love of God, He will show you His love. If you want to get to know more about His power, He will give you His power. But it starts with when we get before Him. If you don't get before Him, don't expect living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we don't live in the power of the Holy Spirit, then don't expect a lot of hope. Don't expect a lot of joy. Don't expect a lot of peace. Getting before God is the very start. And if you can make that the priority of your mind tonight or in your life, if you can make a decision tonight, the, the very first thing I'm going to do, I'm not going to try and stop the sin. I'm not going to try and change my ways. But what I am going to do is I'm going to start getting before God. If you can do that at the start, you're on the right track. You can, God, can, God can start to draw close to you. As God draws close to you, those things that you want to change, Those things that you want to stop, God will help you with that. But until we get before God, nothing will change. We won't live in the power of the Holy Ghost. The second thing, James 4 verse 6, the Bible says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Once we get before God, the next thing we need to do is learn to humble ourselves. Because as God starts to draw close, God will want to show you some things. We already might know there's some things lacking in our lives. But as God draws close, He will want to show you something. He will want to teach you some things about Himself. He might want to teach you some things about yourself. And sometimes it may not be the things that we want to hear. If we humble ourselves, God can teach us. Verse 6, God will give us more grace if we do humble ourselves. If we don't, God will resist us. We might say, okay, God, I'm going to spend some time when you work. And God might reveal something that is in our life that He wants to change or that He wants to grow us a little bit. But it might be a little bit hard for us. We might go, well, I don't want that. I'm, I don't want God to show me that. Or it's, that's too hard. Have you ever had things where God starts to show you something and then, it, then there's a conflict in your life? You think, oh, I really like doing that. I really want to pursue that. I, why would God want me to change that? And it can get a little bit hard. God says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. If you want to live in power of the Holy Ghost, draw nigh to God, learn to humble yourself. In decisions, it, it's hard. I mean, like I haven't worked it out. I'm not, I haven't got it all together myself, but sometimes when making in making the decision. I remember reading about one of the old preachers way back in the years. Um, he made a statement which um, stayed with me for a long time. He was given, he was seeking God with the direction what he was supposed to do and someone offered him a very high paying job on a certain staff with a certain church and someone else offered him a job that was less money less benefits, less conditions and he prayed about it and you know what? which one we would go for, the one with the most money, the most prestige, the most advancements. This preacher chose the one that was with less because he didn't want to get proud, he wanted to try and humble himself, he wanted God to take care of him and just that humble mindset stuck with me uh, ever since I heard it and that's the sort of mindset that we want to have, God it's not about me, but it's about you. Whatever you want, please have and please do. So get before God, humble yourself, and then James chapter 1 and verse 22 tells us, but be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. As God starts to teach you something, you need to be doers of what God says. You need to listen. You need to be willing to put into practice whatever God tells you. If you want to live in the power of the Holy Ghost, which I, which I hope you do, then you need to implement these things into your life. You need to listen, be willing enough to listen, and then be willing enough to do. As I mentioned, I haven't got that all right yet. God's still working on me. And I believe He's working on you. And I think you want Him to work on you. The fourth thing about living in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, once we've gotten before God, we've humbled ourselves, God's showing us we're now starting to listen I call this specializing yourself in your spiritual gifts. Start putting into practice using what God's given you. Because this is God's custom way of exercising His power in and through your life. As God starts to reveal some things how He can use you, start putting that into practice. If you've got the gift of helps, start helping people. If you, if you can be merciful, start being merciful. Show some mercy. If you can teach, be willing to teach. If you can preach, be willing to preach. Do Put into practice, do those things that God wants you to do. And as you start living in the power of the Holy Ghost, as God starts to take over what you do, I guarantee you hope will start shining. You'll start seeing the hope that can be found in God. The darkness of this world won't be as dark anymore. It'll be a a lot brighter. You'll see God working. You'll see God um, starting to do things through you. People might be getting saved. Being a blessing to someone, encouragement to a brother or a sister, encouragement to our pastor as you start doing those things. Light starts to shine. Hope starts to shine. So the first thing is live life in the power of the Holy Ghost and hope will start. The second thing I want to encourage you with tonight is live life with light. Live life with light. Let's have a look in the book of Second Corinthians, Chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four. I'm gonna read from verse one just for a few verses here. It says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Now notice verse four, in whom the God of this mind hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know, the world—the reason why it has no hope is because it's in darkness in in their mind and in their thinking. They're blinded from the things of God. They're blinded from the truth. They're blinded from the hope. That really is there. They, as like the introduction, they, they think the carbon footprint is the way to hope. They think by saving the plants and, 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 and saving humanity, that's the way for hope. And having world peace, that's the way for hope. But it's in Christ. And, and because Christ, if we're saved, lives if the Holy Spirit lives within us, the Bible teaches that, that the light can shine out of us, which is shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. The reason why we need to live in light and give hope is because it, it unblinds the minds of them that are in darkness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. As we do that, as we as we start to live by uh, as we start to live with light, as the light shines through, people see, people get saved, and people start to rejoice a little bit. Things start to change. Let's have a look in, in the book of, of Romans chapter 12. Jumping, jumping to a couple of different verses. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12 tells us that we should be rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. Do you rejoice as a Christian? How do you live? Do you live rejoicing? I think, to me, Caleb is, is someone who unashamed, unashamedly Rejoices in his life. Doesn't worry about what people think and that's encouraging. That's that's rejoicing. I hope you seek to rejoice in your life. We don't want to live with sadness. We don't want to live discouraged. We don't want to live defeated. Did you know as a Christian you have so much to rejoice over? The Bible tells us in in Romans chapter 5 Romans 5 verse 1 and verse 2 the Bible tells us some things that we can rejoice over. And as we rejoice, the light shines through. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God Amen. through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. Well, there's a couple of things there. But the one that I really want to mention is we have peace with God. I tell you, if the world could have peace with God, man, that would bring a smile to many faces. People, people want peace. I don't think people enjoy the turmoil. I know I don't enjoy the turmoil of life. But when we are saved, the Bible says we have peace with God. That is something to rejoice about through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also, sorry, by whom also we have access by faith unto his into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have access by faith into God's glory. We have so much it, and, and the Bible describes many things. But these verses here, the, the, the very foundation of them should give us hope, gives us something to rejoice about. So I want to encourage you, church, I want to encourage you, a Christian, as you, come to ch- as you come to church next week, if we get to come to church, as you live your life this week, I want to encourage you to rejoice a little bit. Don't just think about, woe is my life, what was this? What was that? That's always going to be there. But we can rejoice. We can live as though we actually have light. You know, the light is supposed to dispel the darkness. It's supposed to shine brightly. But when we're not rejoicing, guess what? We're living in that despair again. The, the light gets dimmed. When we don't rejoice, we, we aren't living in light. We need to make sure that we rejoice. Not going crazy, not going just uh, on emotion, but understanding what God has given us. When the darkness is there, think about it a little bit. What has God given me? I've got some hope. I can go to God. I am been forgiven. I've got some light in me. So live with light because it unblinds the minds of men through the knowledge of Jesus Christ living with light gives answers to the questions of men let's have a look in first peter chapter 3 and verse 15 first peter chapter 3 and verse 15 it says but sanctify the lord god in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope That is in you with meekness and fear. People are going to want to know why you've got hope. Why why it is that your light is shining? What what is it? Why can you rejoice? Why are you rejoicing when I'm in fear? When I'm dissatisfied with life, when there just seems to be no hope, why is it that you can hope? Why why is it that you're different to me? The Bible says we need to be ready to give an answer. I want to give you an example of a man, you may know his name now, this is a very strange illustration, but to me it it makes a lot of sense. There's a man by the name of Ben Shapiro. Anybody heard of him? Ben Shapiro. Um, From what I understand, he doesn't profess to be a Christian as far as I know, but he has an answer for a lot of the questions that people, um, people want to throw at him. He knows what he wants to say. He knows, uh, and he often confounds a lot of people, a lot of people uh, who would be anti-God. For some reason, he seems to say a lot of things kind of for God, yet he doesn't believe in God as far as I know. But that man and his attitude and his ability to answer, that's what we need to have about God. When people want to know about why are you so happy, why are you rejoicing when the world is so bad? We need to be able to give a reason why. We need to be able to live with some light. And the only way you can do that is, is get before God. Allow God to start showing you. Allow God to teach you why you have light. Allow yourself to give a, an answer as people question you. And then Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, the reason why we should live with light And this is one of the the main reasons why we should live with light. Matthew 5 and verse 16, the Bible teaches us, let your light so shine before men that they, that's the people that you're shining in front of, that they may see your good works, and guess what? And they're going to glorify your Father which is in heaven. The main reason why we should live with light is that people can see what God is doing in your light And they say, there's something about that. I need to know more. And ultimately, God is the one who will receive the glory in it. You know, we don't live in light to seek advantage. We don't live in light for self-glorification. We don't live in light to get ahead or to make us ourselves feel better. We live in light so God receives the glory. If we can do that, I guarantee you hope will start to change hope will start to ignite in the lives of people. As God receives glory and as God starts to work, as light expels the darkness, hope starts to be seen more and more and more. So live, in the life, of the, live life in the power of the Holy Ghost. Live life with light. Third thing, live with heaven in mind. Live with heaven in mind. Colossians chapter 3 Verses 1 and verse 2. We probably know these verses very well. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Okay, our mind needs to be on above, not so much on the earth. Now I understand we all work, we all seek to look after our families, We all seek to pay the bills. We all seek to do the things that we have to do that God wants us to do. But our motivation shouldn't be for things here on earth. Our motivation should be for things in heaven. For seeing people get saved so they can spend eternity in heaven. When we have money, if we have money to give, we should learn to give. When we have time to give to others, we should learn to give. When we have the ability to bless others, we should Learn to do that ultimately with heaven in mind. Do you understand that this world, we sing the song, This World is Not My Home, I'm Just Passing Through. Did you know that our citizenship is in heaven? When we receive Christ as our Saviour, we get like a new passport and it's stamped, Heaven is ready to go. The Bible tells us that in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20. I'll read that verse to you. It says for our conversation or our, or our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't wanna be stuck down here. I don't wanna be just so um, minded on here. I wanna have heaven in mind. If we do that, I think you will find that our attitudes will change, our actions will change, our desires will change. And the things that we do will change instead of being for us, they will be for heaven. Doesn't the Bible tell us in Matthew 6 not to lay up treasures for not lay up treasures for yourself here on earth, but in heaven? The Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us in John 14, one of my favorite verses talks about the Lord Jesus going to prepare a place for us. In my father's house are many mansions. That really excites me. That gets me, uh, it, 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 it makes me think about heaven. It makes me think that there is hope amongst all the turmoil on, on earth. As we read the news and things look bleak, if I set my affections on things above, that changes my outlook on things. It changes my mindset. It changes my hope a little bit. Live with heaven in mind. How do you live on this earth? What's your motivation for getting up in the morning? What's your motivation for going to work? When you receive that paycheck at the end of the week or, or job keeper as it might be now or, or job seeker or, or whatever it is, what's on your mind? Is it, what can I buy for me? How can I build wealth for me? How can I live my life to glorify me and to make me feel good? Or is it, okay, God, you've given me abundance or you've given me enough, but... What can I do with that? What can I do with heaven in mind? Number four, and this will be our last thing and I'll try and finish up here. Live, with, live life in the power of the Holy Ghost. Live life with light. Live life with heaven in mind. And live life as though this was your last day here on earth. Because it, it may be. Have you ever thought about that? We make plans for a future that is uncertain. This may be the last day we have on earth. We don't know when our time is up. We don't want to live with regrets. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. Hebrews 9. My fingers turned quicker. Hebrews 9 and verse 27 tells us It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Each one of us, more than likely, unless Jesus returns beforehand, if he doesn't, then each one of us will will face that time where we will die. And and we don't know when that will be. You may leave tonight, and God forbid, but, but you may have an accident. You may have a heart attack you may, whatever God allows for you, it might be your time. We can't live life thinking we've got plenty of time. Don't live with regrets. Don't, don't be the sort of Christian who, who when they die, and uh, who says, I wish I had done more. I, I could have done more, but I thought I had plenty of time. We don't want to be that sort of Christian. We don't want to live with regrets. We don't know when our time, up, when our time is up. Did you know we don't know when our neighbour's time is up? We don't know when our neighbour's last day will be. Um, I, know, I know pastors had, has had a neighbour die. Maybe you've had a neighbour die or someone that you know or uh, that you work with or maybe a family member has died and you wish you may have maybe shined a little bit of light their way. Maybe you wish you had told them. Live as though this is the last day on earth for somebody. Don't let We've got plenty of time or someone else will do it. Someone else will teach them. Someone else will share the gospel with them. If you've got the ability to share, if you've got the ability for the light to shine in your life, let it shine. We sing the song in Sunday school or even at school, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. Hide it under a bushel, no, but I'm going to let it shine. What if the rapture would, were to happen today? Have you accomplished all that God wants you to do? We know the verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. It describes how the Lord will descend with a shout, the dead in Christ will rise first, and those which are alive and remain will be caught up together in the clouds to be ever, ever be with the Lord. That day might be today. Have we done... All that is needed or all that God wants us to do to tell others about Jesus Christ, to help put a little bit of hope in people's lives. You see, ultimately, it's like a funnel. As we get before God, as we humble ourselves, as we start listening to what God wants us to do, as we start putting into practice what God wants us to do, we start living a little bit of light. Light starts to emanate. People see it. We start rejoicing because God's now working through us. People see that light. God gets glorified. People get saved. Mansions are put in heaven. Citizenships are stamped in heaven. And all of a sudden, there's hope in the world. I wonder if there's not much hope in the world today is because Christians are not living with their own hope. I wonder if we're living in, in, in such a despaired life that, that our light is, it's, it is like it's just flickering. And there isn't much light there. I still remember, the, still remember the day I got saved and I describe it because it's the only picture I can think of that describes what happened to me. When someone told me about Jesus Christ and about heaven and about hell, it really was like, and, and it, the description is, a light was switched on. Someone flicked a light and it made sense. And and that's that light. The glorious gospel of light shone unto me and I received Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit indwells, light is supposed to shine out of my life. Not a physical glow, but something that is different to the world. So when people look at Paul Haycock, they think there's something different about that guy where everyone else is despairing, when everyone else is worried, when everyone else is is doing some dumb stuff, Paul Haycock doesn't do that. I wonder why. What is it about him? I need to ask. That is the light that we're talking about. And if you allow your life to live like that, hope is still alive. Hope is emanating from you. We as Christians have real hope. We do, we got the truth. And yet we so often, we don't live like people with hope. We live like people who are in darkness. There's more there, but I I think I'll stop there. We've we've gone long enough. I want to encourage you tonight. How are you living? Are you living with light? Are you living with hope? Are you showing hope for others? And I pray that, that God will use some of the verses we've looked at. um, Use the thoughts that I've been able to share. and May God use that tonight to help and to bless and encourage your life. And maybe there's something you need to talk to God about tonight. Maybe you need to just purpose. Let's start the ball rolling. Very first thing, let's get before God. And say, God, I want to live with hope. I want to live with some light in my life. I want to share the hope with others. Help me to do that tonight. Pastor, if you want to come more, Andrew.